Welcome to the Creative Studio, the podcast where we conduct experiments in podcasting. Most podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. This fifth season of the Creative Studio is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC. We'll be talking with people that are doing something unique with their podcast. Maybe it's their format, their philosophy, their niche, whatever it is. We will find out what makes it tick. We'll see what works and what doesn't. We'll see what we can learn and apply to our own podcasts. You can visit our website at podcastingexperiments.com. Today, we'll be talking with Johnny Florida, host of the Wrestling's National Committee podcast. Johnny will talk about the power and pitfalls of relationships with other podcasters in your niche. WNC's podcasting setup, and how to use strategic partnerships to build your credibility. Now, before we jump into the interview for today, let's pause for a meta moment. This is where we review one or two podcasts about podcasting on this podcast about podcasting. Today's podcast meta moment is the School of Podcasting. I know we just mentioned this podcast a couple episodes ago, but I wanted to give Dave Jackson an extra shout out for winning the podcast award in the technology category. Dave has been podcasting since 2005, so not only is he a podcast coach, but he's also an employee at Lipson, which is just another way for him to be able to contribute more to the podcasting industry. You can be able to check out his podcast at schoolofpodcasting.com. This Meta Moment has brought to you by Lipson. They are the media hosts that I use and the number one place that I recommend as I work with new podcasters. I've been recommending them for several years now. They're not a sponsor, but I have recently become an affiliate with them. So if you sign up with Lipson and you use the coupon code Josh, you can receive a free month of hosting. In fact, it's more than a month because you'll be able to get the rest of this month and also next month for free. Just make sure that you don't change your hosting level before the free month ends. And so again, Go to Lipson.com and sign up using the code Josh. All right. Well, Johnny, can you tell me a little bit about how you got started with podcasting? We'll start there and then we'll dive into the nitty gritty. So I'll admit I was completely out of the loop with podcasting for the longest time. I'm not going to bore you to death, but I was on YouTube and I'm a wrestling fan and I was following stuff on YouTube. And found some things for the Don Tony Kevin Castle show and for Solo Monster and some others. And ended up noticing, I'm like, can I listen to these guys? And I ended up finding their website, finding they were on iHeartRadio, now Mixler instead. And I started listening like that. That's going on about four years ago. So all I ever knew about was clearly the radio and didn't know about podcasts until that point. And then realized that there's a whole new world in terms of podcasting. I knew internet radio, but I didn't know about podcasting until that point. Okay. Yeah, very interesting. And so I always find it's interesting how people get into podcasting, both as a listener and then also as a producer. And so what was that first show that you created? Or are you still on your first show? Yeah, we're kind of still on the first. So what it is, is we do a wrestling podcast. And the first name we went with was I kind of took a pun and it's going to sound immature, but there's the TV show South Park. They're making their second game that's being debuted soon. And it's called The Fractured Butthole, B-U-T hyphen w-h-o-l-e meaning it's fractured but it's also whole 
And that's where we kind of differ wrestling because wrestling's kind of at a point now where it's been going down in numbers, but there's a lot of support and elsewhere. It's not just WWE. So I was, we called it wrestling's fractured, but whole. I took the pun from South Park for that. We ended up thinking about changing the name and I got a bit of a background with politics and, you know, you got the Republican National Committee, the Democratic National Committee, the Libertarian National Committee, and so on. So we ended up changing the name to Wrestling's National Committee. And we basically treat wrestling a lot like in the same style of politics. You can take sports and treat with politics because there's politics and everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And so that was one thing that kind of caught my attention when I was looking for people and I saw your name and kind of what you were doing and Normally, when I think of someone that's doing some sort of sports podcast, normally there's not that politic yeah. attached to it. So it's really unique. I like being able to take topics like that and combining them. And so can you give me an example of like how you would do one of your shows, being able to combine those? Okay, that's easy. So like, for example, Sundays, we do basically three shows a week. And Sundays is our breaking news show and where we discuss the biggest news that's going on in the wrestling world. It could be about... Like as of late, I'm just going to give a couple examples. Total Nonstop Action Wrestling changed leadership in the last few months and has a new name. Ring of Honor Wrestling, which is owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, is now in the last week switching to a different network. And we discuss that and we try to look into the delves of the behind the scenes items, the politics of it. Everyone says it's politics and everything now. And sports is one of the clear examples. Like name a sport that you're a big fan of. Well, I'm not really big into sports. Probably the biggest would be football. Okay. So in the last couple of years, you know, there's been the whole deal with Roger Goodell, the commissioner, and the concussion scandal, and then people believing that football is getting fixed now. I mean, there's been a belief that the Super Bowl's fixed and yada yada and stuff like that. There's a lot of politics going on with football, you know, whether it's with the concussion scandal or whether it's the wife beating and to the point that the NFL had to create their own special victims unit, literally. Not the same name, but same thing. There's a lot of stuff. And I served a quick background for me was I was in the military police in the army. I served there and I was in the Middle East and I had to learn a lot of investigative skills and politics is a lot like investigation as well. That's why I like it. And the biggest thing is the psychology of the who, the what and the why. So with NFL, why did they have to spend the time creating their own special victims unit because of a single wife beating football player? Why is it trying to do every single thing here or there? We're trying to downplay the concussion scandal and the whole politics of moving the Rams from St. Louis to L.A., or now moving the Raiders to Las Vegas. There's politics involved in everything, and politics is nothing more than psychology in a physical sense, because both politics and psychology ultimately get to the why something's being done. It's just psychology is brain politics in terms of the issues, because people are physically doing something, and it's psychologically why they're doing it in their brain. And that's what we do at wrestling is we cover the politics of wrestling for every move, everything that a wrestler does, everything a company does, a corporation, and the whole political spectrum. You'll be amazed at what when you get down and look to the why and the politics and the psychology of anything, you'll be amazed at what you can find and realize. Interesting. So I know you kind of explained it a little bit earlier, but what made you really want to dive into doing the podcast this way so that you can be able to do that? Was it just purely interest? Well, I started getting a lot of support because of being a regular call-in. You know, there were people who were annoyed by my call-ins. There were people who liked it. The hosts liked I get very detailed into things. And now sometimes that could be annoying, but it's also when you realize the big points of it of why and what, people tend to like that. 
And by luck, I was thinking about it. I used to have public speaking fears, but making the call-ins helped out, open it up. And when another guy who was a follower of the same podcast said, hey, I'm looking for somebody I want to get into a podcast, I jumped on board with him. And we started talking more and more, and I was telling him the ideas of what I've got, and he liked the concept. He's got his own as well. But I always love figuring out all the pieces to a puzzle. I love trying to figure everything going on. You know, one of the nicknames I had people said for me was I used to be like House, you know, Hugh Laurie. He's always got to finish the puzzle. And politics, psychology, sports, anything, whatever, investigations, it's a puzzle and trying to put the pieces together. And in many ways, you are guessing with politics until you get a hard concrete. I did this for this until I saw where you are. You know, you're out in the Midwest. If say. If Governor Hickenloop, Governor Fallon says, I did this for this in sports, if Roger Goodell or Vince McMahon for wrestling says, I did this for this or someone who committed a crime says, I did this for this. You got to guess and figure out why, you know, so you're putting some pieces together that may not be there or may not fit properly. But at the same time, you may find the piece that no one wants you to find. And when you find it and they get busted for it, you know, and more and more at the same time, over time, more pieces come out to where you can fit the piece and you had. And be able to fit in there more or you have to remove it and put a whole new piece in. So that's what it is for me is looking more into putting everything together and figuring out the what and the why, especially the why, because there's always an answer for something. Yeah, I find myself being that way as well. And I love that show house. And a lot of times it was because of the puzzles and just trying to, even though I didn't have like necessarily a lot of all the medical, like to try to see if I can beat him to the punch but didn't always happen but anyway i enjoy that process also and so it sounds like that's a very interesting podcast as far as being able to put all that stuff together and so you get a lot of feedback from your listeners and what are they saying about how you're doing this well a great example would be just last thursday thursday we do a show after wrestling soup and it was the after party originally i know it's a funny name but we used to do an after party for them and because it's right after wrestling soup we ended up combining the word soup and after made the super party, spelled the word soup. So we do the super party on Thursdays after them. And that's where we talk some wrestling, but we also delve into other stuff. It's our everything else kind of topic. We may talk a little bit about news. We don't do politics itself. It's funny because, you know, I've done work with politics in the past and I've studied it and I'm involved in that kind of stuff. But I make sure that politics itself stays out because I don't want to bring that into the world of what we got going. But we may talk a couple of things about news, mostly stupid news, stupid laws, stuff like that for comedy. And last week, it's kind of funny, ended up becoming like the comedy central roast of me. Almost spent the entire show, everyone, you know, taking shots of me and stuff like that. And I can take a punch. It was fun. And I'm getting messages from people I write on our Twitter and stuff saying, first time ever listening to you guys. You guys are hilarious. You guys are great. You know, and now we get regular listeners from that. So. We got people for that, for the comedy session. We got people who listen to us for the first time and love our opinion and our in-depth analysis that they say, I never thought about it like that, or I disagree with you, but you make a great point. And we get a couple hecklers too. Everybody does that. But we're fortunate that we're getting people that they look into this and they're loving the deep analysis. It's not just opinion, but it's literally breaking down the pieces. And they love that too, because since we involve the chat room, they're part of the investigation, if you will. That's interesting. I like that. I really like that. And so it's always good to be able to get your listeners involved in what's going on. It sounds like that's a really good way to be able to do that. And so I'm wondering, is there any other things that maybe that you've tried with your podcast that maybe didn't go as well? And so maybe you've kind of left it behind? 
Yeah, I mean, well, we've had different kinds of names or different shows. What is it? One of the things we ended up learning the hard way was relationships with other podcasts. We follow Wrestling Soup and we look at them as like the fathers of ours. So they don't want to claim us outright. So maybe the illegitimate father until the paternity test comes in. I don't know. But no, they love us and loathe us. But anyway, we got with another podcast. It was around for about two and a half years at this point. And there was a show I wanted to do called Conspiracies in Kayfabe. Kayfabe is a term in wrestling. It means like the mold of the fake, you know, because people now know that wrestling's fake. It's supposedly goes back to the old Latin of pig Latin of the word fake. Fake in pig Latin is akefae. Akefae kayfabe is how they kind of took that word and ended up creating. Well, so we go into the biggest conspiracies and investigate within the wrestling worlds. One of the biggest incidents being the Chris Benoit murder-suicide or racism in wrestling, relationships in wrestling, a couple other things. And we try to investigate situations where we think that they could be plausible or if maybe the belief that there's a conspiracy, that it is a conspiracy or that maybe there's a conspiracy around it. You know, Chris Benoit, people believe maybe he didn't do it. Maybe it was someone else. Basically, the 9-11 conspiracy of wrestling, you know. And I got with another podcast that we listened to and said, I'd love to do a joint show with you. One of the guys on there was really great. And I said, why don't we work together on this, make it a joint show? And my thinking was it could help build us up because they've been around longer. So it'll get us more respectable because we're being vouched. And it helps them with getting an extra show because they only do one show a week. The guy who was in charge of the tech over there basically started running the place. And as long as he was on the first show, things were good. But afterwards, it was supposed to be the shows were uploaded on their Podbean account on anything with their RSS along with ours, and it would get more views, our name out there more, and help like that. I don't want it to sound too selfish, because I will point out that it was to help us out, but I also love the idea of working in relationships with other groups. You know, I love that when I was in the military police working with another unit or another investigative agency and etc. But the guy over there had a problem. If he wasn't on the show, like his own guys would try to do other shows, like they would make their own show and be part of that whole umbrella, and he wouldn't upload because he wasn't on the show. And it got to the point things got so bad that eventually that group ended up imploding and two of the four guys from that group got hired by us. So those two guys are part-timers with us now. Third one comes on every so often, but the one guy who was in charge was such a problem that nobody talks to him anymore. He caused such a problem that the podcast has gone three years eventually out the window. Hmm. So we've learned that we've got to be more careful with who we work with and see about the stability. And to be fair, they looked very stable. I mean, they got vouched by other groups like Wrestling Soup and others, and they seemed pretty smart and pretty good, you know? So, I mean, it was a diverse group. One Hispanic, one African-American, one a natural Bostonian, and the other one, the guy in charge, was an Englishman. But the problem was he was the youngest one of the entire group, but ran all the tech and got power hungry to where he had to have the attention on him. So we learned the hard way for that and ended up costing us a little bit because when that happened, he made the logo for us for that show. And when we ended up having the break off and he had his implosion, this is something everybody to take an important notice of is when it comes to legalese, he ended up contacting the system that we put our shows up on and claiming he had the copyright to the logo. And the site, which is Mixcloud, didn't even bother to do any investigation. They just pulled all the stuff because the second they hear copyright, they just don't want to deal with the infringement. And he didn't hold any copyright at all. Now, he claimed in the UK as long as you show like the original feed or detailed description that you made it, you have it. I did my investigation because of my stuff with politics. I follow British politics. They've got their own 
Majesty's copyright, whatever it's called. So you'd have to have it registered. And it's not registered in the US either. So that was garbage in that case. But we learned our lesson and now remember that more cautious when we are working with other podcasts. Yeah, I've always heard you got to be careful when you're creating some sort of partnership when it comes to podcast. Well, probably with anything, but when you come with podcasting, because even if you just a couple friends getting together, things can go sour like you mentioned there and pretty nasty if things start to break up. And so I did one podcast that was a TV show based podcast or fan show, and there was a group of us that were doing it, but basically everybody just said, okay, it's your show. We're just kind of tagging along. And so we probably should have had something in writing, just try to save us. I mean, luckily everything went fine, but I guess that could have gone bad. But well, as long as they don't go bad, that's good. If you see something that starts to go bad, but it doesn't, then you end up making it out lucky. Yeah. Wow. Definitely some good advice there to watch for, at least. Maybe do a little bit more research up front, kind of get a better idea of what you're getting into. Okay. All right. I know you mentioned it before. How long have you been doing your podcast now? 11 months. We actually are celebrating our one year anniversary next month. Oh. Yeah. And very fortunate. We've already made it to a year and we're doing a special where we're going to do the boss man figured like he wants to do a show every day that and a little bit of a different concept for each of them. So a bit of a recap for the last year. So it's only going to be about 90 minutes or so, an hour, 90 minutes each day and go on. But it's definitely looking forward and excitable that we're hitting the first year. Hitting the one-year block after everything we've learned is definitely good. And if we can make a couple more years, we know we're more solidified. So you mentioned that those are 90 minutes. How long are your normal episodes? A normal show can go two to three hours. I know that sounds pretty long, but like we've got an account with Mixler. That's where we go live. And it used to be that you had the basic account. And you can do an hour every day for free, and that was it. And you have to wait a full 24 hours. So whatever time you start, if you start at 7.06 p.m., your hour runs out or whatever your time runs out, it doesn't reset until 7.06 p.m. the next day. We upgraded and got a three-hour account because the one hour was actually hurting us in ways trying to cover. And now it's kind of funny. We look back at what we've done, and it's amazing we were able to cram in an hour back at that time. But we do basically two hours, and then what we could do is we'll end the show and then finish the last hour and do an after party. We let loose, talk about a couple of things, whatever. It's a bonus show which only goes on to people who donate for us through our Patreon account and in terms of people who want to download it. But that's where we can let loose. Sometimes the show goes for a full three hours if it's a good show. So it gives us extra content, extra time, and it gives us a chance to do a wide basis. So are you always recording live? Is that your main way yeah. of recording? Okay. Yeah. I got three systems running when I'm on because I've got two computers. Everything for the show itself, I use Skype for when we're talking with the guys. I have the Mixless system when we're live and then i have anybody is brand new and trying to get involved there's a system called audacity it's completely free and it's a great starter system if you want and you could do a lot with that and that's what i use to record and then i've got my second laptop and that's where i do my research and stuff throughout the day or if i'm live on the show and trying to look something if i use that okay so on the same computer you're running skype mixler and audacity yeah wow it's yeah. a lot of processing for one computer. Well, that's why I make sure I turn the internet. Well, not I turn the internet off, but Internet Explorer, Chrome, or whatever, that's closed up. And I've got a fan system under both of my laptops to make sure that they're fine. And the one I do most of my research on, that's the older computer. This one can tend to overheat over some time because of the fan. It stays cool. So if that one's fine, I know the other one's completely fine working. All right. 
So as you're been recording all this, what kind of equipment do you use? We talked a little bit about the computer setup, but what about like the actual recording equipment, microphones and such that you use? Well, originally, I have three laptops. The original laptop I had would overheat and it wouldn't be able to work and it'd have a lot of processing. So I use my other laptop. And this is showing the evolution. I have another laptop, which has got a great system, but it's an older one and it's got a loose wire somewhere that completely works, but the screen kind of goes out. So I hooked up the television, which was great. So I have a big screen when I was doing the research and I talk into that. Over time, I ended up getting a third laptop. So it's crazy. Third laptop that I use. And I've got a Turtle Beach headset. Pretty simple, you know, 50 to 75 bucks, basic one, whatever you get, $100 for a more proper one. And I use that. And then I've got the Mixler system and the Audacity. Mixler is completely free to use. It's a great system to go live on. Well, it's completely free, sort of. It's free to download. And the one-hour account was free. Supposedly, it did an update in the one-hour free account with the current system because they've done updates to Mixler. It doesn't have that anymore. So it costs $100 a year for the three-hour-a-day package, 200 a year if you want the 12-hour package. And then I've got the Audacity system, which that was a completely free thing to download. And this thing has got a lot of capabilities to use. You know, like I was compressing the episode earlier. So like I do the recording. It takes some time to figure out when you're hooking up which way that the speaking's going through in terms of recording and the speakers for your headset. You know, like right now I've got it set up to, you know, stereo mix real tech and speak real tech high and then mono recording and MME. And I know that sounds like, okay, now it's getting a little boring, but you can honestly, you can ask my guys, it took us a couple of days to finally get the right configuration where I could record properly and it to work and not mess up. So like I told you off site before we went live, I had to learn all the stuff on the go. I am not a tech guy. So I've had to learn everything from the beginning. But like you take the record and you can amplify, change pitch, change speed, click removal, compressor, echo, fade in and out, invert and et cetera, et cetera. And there's so much you can do with that. And I got that. And then I take the recording. I go to effect and I compress it because for everybody's size matters when it comes to the space of the recording. Because if you're going to try to upload this on, then it says, oh, it must be no minimum than this or no bigger than this. Or maybe you've got an account that you upload your shows to and it's too big of a size to where of what the amount of remaining space you're allowed. Let's say you only have 84 megabytes left or whatever of space on there and you've got 96 megabyte episode. So you go to effect and you go to compressor. And that knocks it down and actually conserves some of the space, which is much better. So, and I compress it. And then when you're done, you go to file and export it. And that's how you save. You don't try to save it as the recording is, is you export it into whatever file. So I export all mine to MP3 files. And then you see like format options. You want it on the bitrate mode. You want constant, not average, variable, or preset, at least not yet, maybe down the road. And quality 64 kilobytes per second. Because by knocking it down to 64 kilobytes, it's a great quality. Constant in 64 is a great quality. No real problems, anything like that. And it actually helps make it a smaller size again. I took episodes where originally, Josh, that I had 200 megabytes and compressed it down. And it got down to about 80 kilobytes between compressing and exporting to 64 kilobytes per second. Okay. And you said you do that mono too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because mono at 64 is basically the same thing as stereo 128, which is more or less CD quality. And so, yeah. Well, excellent. Very cool. All right. Well, is there anything else that you want to add to the conversation? Is there anything else that maybe that you've tried that you'd like to mention or anything like that about your podcast that you want to bring out that someone else might be able to learn from? Yeah. 
one of the big things that's important for everybody, you know, and I was actually just having a debate with this with one of my co-hosts. He's one of the guys that from the other one that came on over to us. And he's a great guy. He's one of the older guys in the group. He's very smart and very down to earth. But he had a debate about the fact of like we do a show, our Thursday show, like I mentioned, is right after Wrestling Soup. As he calls it, it's bootlegging off of them. And he feels that we need to have our own identity. And that's what he'd rather have, which we are doing. But a couple of important things is don't be afraid to follow up another podcast if that's the case. If you've gotten, say, your respects or blessing from that podcast. Now, it's not like you really need it. But it helps out in that case because maybe they can preempt you guys. You know, like that's what happens for us on Thursdays. Wrestling Soup, when they're closing up, they go, be sure to check out the WNC. They do an after party after us. And we get a lot of people that jump ship over. We're not trying to steal their competition. We make sure that our shows, and that's what I talked about it with one of the co-hosts there, is I said to him, we want to make sure any of our shows do not air during your time or another podcast we listen to out of respect. We're not trying to compete. We're trying to follow in the steps which he was very appreciative on. We're not going to steal from them. These guys have been doing their show for eight years. We got no basis to take from them. So don't be afraid to follow up. Anybody, if you guys are watching TV and there's a brand new TV show, they bootleg all the time. I mean, who here watches with wrestling, for example, TNA wrestling used to be, you know, Total Non-Sub Action used to be on Spike TV. When Bellator first got on Spike TV, what did they do? They had to follow right after TNA. And, you know, they'd have the announcer say, you know, stick around You'll be to see Bellator MA fighting or however they'd say all the time. What they do is they have them piggyback after well-respected and viewed show to get those numbers. I mean, you don't see a show. It's got to have one or two things. It's got to either piggyback after a big show or it's got to be owned or supported by a big company. So you don't see a new TV show and they're going, it's like they're going to put it on the Charge Network, which is a new network just started five months ago by Sinclair. What do they do? They piggyback it off of a big name or if it's involved with a company, they can get the name out there. There was a wrestling fed that started a couple of years ago called Lucha Underground. One of the reasons why they got their name out there is because they're partially owned by AAA, which is the biggest wrestling federation in Mexico. You got to either have somebody vouch for you, for your credibility, or you piggyback after someone, or you can do both. That's what we do for our Thursday show to help us build up and get more followers and support is by piggybacking, bootlegging off wrestling soup. The other thing I'd say is like I was talking about with credibility, sometimes look around and see if you can build relationships or partnerships or something. I was able to do my work and my research and I got us a sponsorship. We've only been around for about a year now, but we've got a sponsorship for about six months now with an app called Fight TV. Fight TV is spelled F-I-T-E, cheap plug if, if I may, fight.tv forward slash W-N-C. Download the app on your phone, iPhone, Android tablet, iTab, got a porcupine with great service, use it. Fight TV is an app. I like to say those kind of funny things. You know, it's just like it's, you never know. Maybe you'll find that porcupine or an armadillo. But Fight TV is an app for combat sports. It's got pro wrestling, big name ones like Ring of Honor, What Culture Pro from the UK, and ICW out of Scotland. Those are just a couple. They've got a lot of indie wrestling across. And the app is free. And the shows I just mentioned to you are free. They've also got Boxing, Muay Thai, MMA, all the content is for free except the pay-per-views. The pay-per-views cost some kind of money, and it could be as little as I've seen $4 to as high as $75 for a big boxing event they just had. I think it was the Pacquiao-Jim Horn fight or the big fight before that one they had. And they've got a lot from across, and you'll get so much exposure out there if you are one of these companies. What I did was I found out about Fight TV. I checked them out, and they have an affiliate program. 
it's affiliate marketing. So basically you sign up as an affiliate and you basically help promote them and it acts as like a sponsor. So Fight TV is a sponsor for our podcast because of this. And we promote them every show. And we help get people to download the app and it helps build us credibility. Fight TV's got a lot of big name people. Anybody that listens to wrestling knows the name Jim Ross, who was a legendary commentator. He's the executive advisor for Fight TV. The company started out of Bulgaria. It's got a headquarters in the U.S. and a headquarters back home in Bulgaria. Roy Langbud, he's been involved in boxing and sports for well over 25 years. He's the executive advisor for boxing. So they've brought big names involved as well. So by us getting sponsorship and affiliate sponsorship with Fight TV, it adds to our credibility because we got a sponsorship. And for a podcast, that's only been around for not even a year. So find these affiliates. And if you can get people to download the app or something, you get a little bit of revenue from that because that's what we got signed up with. But at the same time, it can add to your credibility. I tell people this sometimes that getting a sponsorship can add to your credibility because if you're a podcast that's only so old and you got affiliate sponsorships or being sponsored by a company or whatever, that can help so much, especially big name stuff. So always look for sponsorship. You can get some kind of revenue or a discount or something or a perk or whatever, but the, you also get the benefit of the credibility added to you for that because it helps show you much bigger. I'm not trying to make myself sound like, well, we're a small little rinky-dink city state, but now, thanks to Fight TV, we sound like we're the Roman Empire. I'm not trying to say that, but what I am saying is that it does help, and it's a good deal. And it's because of that we built a relationship with Fight that I ended up signing up, and I'm now a media agent for Fight TV, and I help recruit companies. And one of the things we did with a podcast as well is that there's pro wrestling and then there's indie wrestling. And I'm sorry for rambling again. I've been building relationships with indie wrestling companies across the map. We now have 18 federations between 14 states and one in England. And that adds to our credibility as well. But as me signing up as a media agent, I've helped some of these feds get on Fight TV. I've helped them with the process for four feds so far and talking to a couple of others that we've got. So if they're trying to expand and get on internet television, which is what Fight TV is, which, by the way, you could take Fight put your phone charged into the cord, and if it's got the USB plug at the end, plug it into your TV. You go into the USB section of your television, you can watch Fight TV from your television now at this point. So it's TV-friendly in that case. But you find these kind of programs that can add up for sponsorship or advertisement or whatever, and they help you with better validity and credibility. And that's what Fight TV has done for us, is that it helps us be more credible because they're getting more credible by the day. I mean, you go on the Fight TV website and you look at the promotions and there's rows of each row has six logos for feds. And you're talking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ten, twelve, thirteen. So many feds from indie wrestling, Muay Thai, boxing, MMA across the planet, from New Wave Pro Wrestling to Urban Fight Night, even Lingerie Fighting Championships and the California Fight League. I mean, there's so much they've got. And it's growing all the time. So as they grow, you can grow because of that, because you got the respect and support. And Fight TV is working with us. In fact, I'm talking with them about trying to get our show on Fight TV and move into a video format for some of our shows. So always look for these cheap ways. Affiliate marketing is a great way. It's simple and it can benefit you guys because you can get some kind of revenue. But also, if it's something that's relatable to your topic that you guys are doing, it adds to your credibility. Now, if we got an affiliate marketing with Walmart or Amazon, that will get us revenue. But if the fact that we got something for Fight TV, which is a combat sports app, which is what we talk about, it adds so much more. And they get more followers for that. If you do a 
home shopping style podcast, getting a sponsorship with the home shopping networks, what you want to do. Very nice. Very nice. Sorry for kind of going on a tangent with that. No, that's good. And so it definitely shows ways that you can be able to take your podcast. People can look at, like you said, look at their industry that they're in and be able to take a look at different ways that they can be able to reach out, be able to create new relationships and be able to do that, be able to serve your listeners better, but then also be able to expand your audience at the same time. Right. All right. Now you've mentioned several different things, several different places, but what would be the best way for someone to be able to try to get a hold of you if they want to get some more information? Oh, sure. You can check us out on our Facebook, Wrestling's National Committee. Make sure you put a hype before the S in Wrestling's. Twitter is at WNC4Life. That's the number four, and life is spelled L-Y-F-E. We had to build a whole new Twitter account recently, so we're rebuilding that one. Things happen. I hate Twitter anyway, so it's just an extra annoyance for me in that case. The boss man, he has the Instagram account. That's at WNC Show. Social media is bad with me. I was a MySpace guy until I got Facebook in 09 because of the British. When I was deployed to Iraq, I had friends that were British troops, and they never had MySpace, so... I rarely am on Twitter, but we got the co-host there on there. We've got the Instagram. Shows are uploaded currently on Mixcloud. So that's mixcloud.com forward slash WNC. We're about to expand to SoundCloud. We have an account with them, but we're going to buy a pro unlimited account and expand our shows on the SoundCloud. For anybody, if you're starting brand new and you want to upload your shows, Mixcloud is a free way to do it. There's no limit, free account, and it's pretty simple for a brand new startup. And... Was there's the fight app I mentioned, and then our Patreon account where you can get donations. It's a lot like GoFundMe, except it's monthly installations. If you guys got a big name or something, if you got a lot of followers and you think that they can donate a couple of bucks a month, rather than just like the whole $100 one time on GoFundMe, you can get $5, $10 from them every month. Patreon's a great way. You know, it's spelled like it's the name Patron, but with an E, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And we've got one, patreon.com forward slash WNC. And people donate anywhere from $1 to $5. They get content for shows that's only uploaded on the Patreon. And $10 or more, they can actually get on one of our shows and have them on. And we discuss whatever we're going to talk about the topic. If you guys are going to check out, go to the Facebook page. And if you guys have any questions, you know, if you're listening to this and you have any questions, message the Wrestling's National Committee Facebook page. I monitor that myself and just say, hey, you know, I was listening to you on there and I have a couple of questions. I'm completely friendly and I have no problem answering as long as it's something that I can understand. For the record, I only speak English, but I have Google Translate. So if you speak French, I can translate. Excellent. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. And we appreciate you sharing what you're doing with podcasting and definitely wish you the best going forward and happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And thank you for having me come on, you know, with any way that I can help spread the word, but especially, you know, talking about these little things that helping out with pointers. I mean, anywhere that I can help, whether it's from successes or failures. Thomas Edison failed over 200 times trying to make the light bulb. And when asked about it, he said, I didn't fail. I found 200 ways not to make a light bulb. So if I can help somebody make any mistakes we made, help them with their light bulb. Love to do that in any way possible. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode of The Creative Studio. If you found this podcast helpful or interesting, please share it with a friend. Detailed show notes can be found on the website at podcastingexperiments.com. I'd also love to be able to hear from you. You can call me at 405-771-0567.
The Creative Studio is a production of Podcast Guy Media, LLC at podcastguymedia.com.